0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. John 13 says, a new commandment, Jesus speaking to his disciples, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you and I added this, what kind of love is that? Unconditionally, mercifully, graciously, faithfully, kindly, and patiently. Come on, does that sound like God? Amen. That you, in the same exact manner or way, also love one another. By this divine love in motion shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Amen. Now you have to understand, they, all the disciples were living in Days of great violence, all all Israel ever knew was violence. And so this was such an awkward and different message that was coming from the lips of Jesus, but nonetheless, there were words of truth and words of life. Amen. Loving one another, Jesus said, as you notice, is not wasn't a suggestion but a command. We're commanded to love one another. Amen. Commanded. Say commanded. Command. Amen. Amen. So if you're going to please God, then you have to obey what he says. And, and why? Because both, listen, the foundation and the cornerstone of Christian, or of redemption is love. John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his... How many are grateful God still loves the world? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever... Believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Hallelujah. So now February is a a love month, we call it, when we, especially us men, get the opportunity to express the love we have and the value we hold for our mates or our wives, the ones who gave up their lives to support ours the ones who sacrifice their lives to give us a family, and the ones who know us the best yet still choose to love and support us, Amen. even with all our flaws and imperfections. Amen. All this, men, let's give an applause to our women for what they... Come on, come on. Come on. My goodness. 80% of you need to get saved. I am very appreciative of my wife. She gave up her life to support mine. She gave up her body to give me three wonderful children. She gave up her career to follow mine. And so I owe her everything because of that. So it's not an issue of has everything been perfect in our relationship through the years. Absolutely not. But love is not a feeling. Love is a fruit. And you got to keep sowing it how many how many are grateful that God doesn't wake up some morning and not and stop loving you? No, he never. He never He never has. He never will. Praise the Lord. He will always love you. Everybody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So today we're going to attempt to bring resolve to the question, why is the Christian love walk so difficult? I, I, the Lord really ministered to me this past week, early on in the week, about this question, why is it so difficult? To, uh, to walk the love walk or to live the, walk, the love walk. And what the good news is, God's word has the answer to that. Amen. Amen. Oh, don't sound so excited. I said, God's, oh, obviously you guys have all your love relationships and perfect tact. It's just a few of us that don't. Why? And this is going to help all of us today. Why, the question is, is the, is the Christian love walk so difficult? How is it? That at one moment in time, we can be so loving and kind, and the next moment, we can be so devilish. There has to be an answer for that. Raise your hand if you can relate to what I'm saying at all. Thank you. Thank you, because we don't want to be phonies. Amen. It is so easy, and we do. All of us, it's easy for us to put on this act of love within the hour we're together. on Sunday. That's not hard at all. But it's that Monday through Saturday that becomes a great challenge. Amen. And isn't it interesting that when you met your mate, uh, that isn't and and really true opposites do attract. They do attract. Amen. But in that attracting, uh, then over time, the very things that drew you together are dividing you, and and there has to be a reason why. And the Bible has the answers to everything that we face in life. How many want a blessed, healthy, strong, and living relationship, whether it's with your, fam- your wife, your children, your family, church family? Come on, we all want that. Well, there's some things that we need to understand then. Hallelujah. Since Jesus commanded us to love one another, I like this, wouldn't he also have to provide us the grace to do so? Amen. That's true. In fact, he gave us far more than his grace, for when we were born again, or born of the Holy Spirit, God breathed into us his nature, and that nature of love. First John 4, 7, we used to sing a song, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, and for God is love, beloved, let us love one another. First John 4, 7 and 8. Again, it was, just a, it was a little song to help us remember that verse. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Beloved, let us love one another. Let us. We have a choice yeah. whether we want to obey God or not. Amen. And uh, so God breathed within us his nature so that we would become as he is. Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this If any man or woman or child be in Christ, he's a new creation. Where? Within. Amen. Do you remember that? Again, I've sold this story often, but it, it, it's it's uh, worth repeating. I'm driving on the road in my 1968 Camaro. I remember exactly where I was. And I've been, been doing drugs with my friends. I got gloriously saved. Uh, and yet, I was doing drugs with my friends because I, I mean, first of all, it's not so easy to get caught off of something. It takes time for that spiritual progression. Everybody agree on that? Yep. Amen. Amen. In fact, it's still going on today in our lives. Amen. The Bible says we're being changed from one degree of glory to another. We just got to allow those degrees to take place. And I said, Lord, how come my friends don't listen to me? Because I've witnessed them. Tell them about Jesus. Because my life was changed on the inside. But they couldn't recognize it because I was the same on the outside. And so when I asked the Lord that, I'll just never forget. And I don't say this loosely. When I say God said to me or spoke to me audibly, he really, I think four times he did that in my life. But it did happen at that time. And when I, I said, Lord, how come my friends won't listen to me? And he spoke with great firmness. He said, because you're just like them. Amen. So I knew at that very moment that something had to change if I was going to impact their lives for Jesus. If you agree, say amen to that also. Amen. Something had to change, not in them, in me. Amen. And that's the day, the very day that things begin to change in my life. And they've been changing ever since, which I'm grateful for. Amen. Hallelujah, let's go on. Old things, old things having to do with the nature of sin within have passed away. Behold, that word means take notice, give your attention to, recognize all things where within have become new. So when you're born again, nothing changes externally, nothing, but everything changes internally. You you literally have within you the very nature of love. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, work with me. Hallelujah. You have the nature of love on the inside of you. Amen. In other words, our spiritual DNA is filled with the fullness of God's love. The fullness of God. There's not one ounce of anything in your spirit except the nature of God. You are born of the spirit. You are born of love. And therefore, love is in your DNA, spiritual DNA. Now... 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14. Back up a little bit. It says this, the Amplified. For the lo- Oh, this is, I want you to, is that up there? We have scripture? Oh, there it is. I don't have, oh, there it is. I'm sorry. I just look at the screen up here. Now, I just want you to really focus on these. Please, give your full attention to what the Word of God says. Here it is. Therefore, if any man, person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's Oh, that, that's 17. I want verse 14 through 16, please. I'm going to wait because I want you to see this. This is verse 14 through 16 in the Amplified. Maybe you missed it, but let me know when it's up there. Congregation, let me know when it's up there. Because you, you need to get a hold. If you're going to understand this life-changing um, experience on the inside, you have to understand what is Coming against that in your life, right. yes. Second Corinthians four, uh, excuse me, Second Corinthians five, verse fourteen. Here's what it says: For the love of Christ, listen to this, controls, urges, and impels us. Listen to this: The love of did you get that up there yet? Is anybody up there? Oh, there you are. <laughs> They're hiding. Is anybody there? (laughs) For the love of Christ controls and urges and impels us because we are of the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Amen. And he died for all so that all those who might live, who, who live, might live no longer to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. Everybody say, Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's go on. <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, I'll pick it up from here. Consequently, from now on, we, uh, uh, from now on, we estimate and regard no one from a purely human point of view. I not you to catch this. In terms of natural standards of value, no, even though we once did estimate Christ from a human point viewpoint and and as a man yet now watch this we have such knowledge of him that we know him no longer in terms of the flesh that's why every one of you pay attention that's why we reverence God that's why we get on our knees and we worship God because he is not a human he's God and Jesus isn't your buddy He's your Savior, your Lord, your King, your Redeemer. Hallelujah. Your Deliverer, your Healer, your Peace. Amen. That's what he is to you. He's not a a human man. So we don't know him after the flesh. We know him after the Spirit. It's so good. Hallelujah. Verse 16 of the New Living Translation. So we have stopped evaluating others. Ha-ha, here we go now. Others from a human point of view. Now, at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. Now we know him as king. uh, I added this. Now we know him as king of kings and lord of lords. So we don't, we don't, here it is. We don't view, you cannot view one another from a natural standpoint. Do you know why? Because you'll be disappointed. And again, I've said this through uh, (coughs) through the years, you know, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. And when people say that, they're simply saying they, if you really knew the external, you wouldn't like me. But if I knew the internal, I'd really like you because the internal is, is God. Bruce, there is a mirror in my bathroom, the first room, not the Holy of Holies, the first room, (laughs) bring it out here, please. amen hallelujah that's kind of big and clunky he'll make it I couldn't find a small mirror okay see I told you it's kind of big amen thank you Bruce okay I'll take that thank you (laughs) thank you I have to go to a section where they're at least uh, somewhat handsome. Anyway. <laughs> look in the mirror. What do you see? Again, that song I wrote. As you look in the mirror each and every day, tell me what do you see? Is it one who always fails in life? Nothing seems to work out for me. Well, I'd like if you would to go back to the mirror and take a look again. For the mirror that you see, for the man that you see in the mirror is not the one that was born again. Amen. Spirit man is what you are—a man you cannot see. So when I look, when when Randy looks in this mirror, he sees the external part of him—the frail, the broken, the dysfunctional part of him—but he doesn't see the—but but 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 he 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 knows who he really is in Christ. It's the man on the inside. Isn't that good? Because every one of us get get disappointed. I love the second verse. So renew your mind through the Word of God meditating in it night and day and revelation knowledge of who you are will always come your way then when you look in the mirror you won't forget what you see is not the real you right. for the outward man changed the same my friend when the inward man became new <laughs> that's so good hallelujah amen thank you bruce I don't 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 go back in there and be, just be pampering on the mirror says. anyway did that help you because see, every one of us Amen. get up and look in the mirror in the morning, especially women, you know, because they got to get, you know, they got to get their stuff on. I'm so grateful I'm not a woman. <laughs> I'm telling the work they go through, us guys go, give me a, give me a, give me, I need, go me. Just time me Four minutes. Bam. I'm all dressed, ready to go. Takes my wife an hour and a half. I told her one day, honey, get a, get, a, get a man cut. Just cut your hair real short. And it would be so much easier. What they go through. Why? Because they want to externally, externally look nice. Which I'm grateful for that. Amen. Brother Hagin used to say, if the bar needs painting, paint it. Paint it. No, I'd never say that, but he said that. <laughs> I'd never say that, but he, but he said that. Amen. Amen. Well, I do like makeup. Hallelujah. Amen. I've seen both and I like the latter better. Amen. Now, let's go on before I get in trouble here. Hallelujah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not you in the mirror I want to get to know, it's the you on the inside that I want to get to know. That's made in the image and likeness of, of Christ Jesus. And why is that? Because John told us, listen, that's so good. Perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out fear, especially the fear of rejection, the fear of not being loved and or not being valued. Verse 16, so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, and now we evaluate others, listen, from a love-filled point of view. Isn't that good? Or at least that's what we should be doing. That's the heart and will of God. Romans 5 says, the love of God, watch this, has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Now watch it. It says, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts, not our heads. Our hearts. So on the inside, you're all God. Do you hear that? Yeah. You know That's what the word Christian means. The word Christian means Christ follower. It means just you to be Christ-like. And yet we all know, we all know, we all know that on a daily basis, more often than not, we're not Christ-like. I know it gets quiet, but are you kind of agreeing with me? Or? Absolutely, just because of the fact of what we're going to be sharing here in a moment, that gives us the, really the answer. I'm not going to finish this. I'm going to finish this on Wednesday night, but we'll get as far as we can. Amen. So we're to be Christ followers, having, having a reflection of God in our lives, so that the world can see that there is a God living on the inside of us, and his name is Jesus. Yeah, right. yeah. Amen. Writing to the believers in Corinth, Paul said this, he says, even if our gospel, what gospel? The gospel of love. Even if our gospel is veiled, watch this, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has been blind or do not believe, who... Do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And that image is in you. Amen. It's in you. You cannot get any more full of God than you are right now. Amen. You are full of the image of God, full of the nature of God, but it's on the inside. Amen. But the world, but with the world, I think, what did... David say, you know, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. But really and true, God looks also on the outward appearance. I mean, man also looks on the outward appearance, you know, in the, in the sense of they're looking for something that, that they're missing. And that, that is the life of God on the inside. They don't have it, but they need it. Let's re, finish reading this. For we do not preach ourselves, or do we? But Christ Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, Genesis 1.3, who has shown in our hearts, why? To give, not hide, but to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Do you know? There has to be something that stands out between you. And the sinner outside these doors. I mean, it has to be something different. It, it, it comes in the form of humility, reverence, respect, subservience. It comes in, 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 in these things honor. Valuing people, you. I had somebody come to me years ago and say, "Oh, Pastor, I just got to quit uh, this job because just everybody just uh, used the F word constantly." Why I said, "You're there for a purpose, Amen. not to join them." That's right. In the world, I'm sorry, they're not really impressed either with you. Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! Praise the Lord, Hallelujah! They're not, they don't even not only know what that means. But we'll see what it is here in a minute, what they're looking for. A poll was recently given, or taken, regarding the American family. And 81% of those polled believe that America has a dysfunctional family crisis. (laughs) We don't need a poll to know that. (laughs) But it is sad. But how many agree that we're not supposed to be part of that group? See, as Christians... We are called to set the standard of what a functional family should look like. We should set that standard. And I know we've heard through the years, you know, PK, PKs, you know, preachers' kids, you know, end up becoming hellions, rebellion, drug culture, so on and so on and so on. And uh, again, I'm grateful. This is just me. This is me personally. I could not stand up here and preach the gospel if my kids were living for the devil. Do you know why? Because I failed in my responsibilities. That's just me. And so we do have a higher standard that we have to live by as ministers. It's required. We'll be judged for it. And oh, man, I've done far more wrong in my life than I've done right. But my heart has always been towards God. And I love him with all my heart. But my humanness has given me my greatest problem. We'll keep looking at this as we go on here. So God's love is not absent from our families. Listen, it's just veiled. Veiled behind a curtain of carnality, pride, offense, and unforgiveness. And the Apostle Paul goes on to give us the resolve or the answer to these issues. It's in Galatians 5. We'll read this. For you have been called, say me, amen. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Hang on, this is so good. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. I was out there this morning walking and um, uh, down the hallway I took uh, uh, a little Apollo uh, to his class and, and uh, I stopped in all the classrooms to thank the ladies that were in there serving I'm, I'm telling you right now these are the heroes Amen. of this ministry Amen. because they give up and sacrifice their time that they could be in here you know but they are out there serving and I just uh, thought let's, let's, give, let's give them a good applause for that Amen. Then he goes on and says, for the whole law, here it is, the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. So, I mean, the, the, the behavior of the church from the first century to the 21st century hasn't changed. And it does sadden my heart. No, it does. It breaks my heart when you got to have 250 churches in Sioux Falls. And a lot of them just simply broken off because of offense. And it's just sad. It shouldn't be that way. No, no. I don't care if there's 300. My point is, You know, this ministry was not birthed out of dissension and strife. Praise God. It was birthed by the heart of God by two people who just love the Lord and want to do something for him. But if you're always biting, devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Now, the word let just simply implies that there's a choice on your part. Whether you want to do that or not, you have a choice to let him guide your lives or let you guide your lives. So let or allow the Holy Spirit to guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So here we can see that maybe you didn't know. I didn't. For years, I never knew that I had two natures to contend with. But here Paul tells us. Your sin, and listen, your sinful nature, we'll talk about it more as we go, is the greatest enemy of your Christian walk, your sin nature, okay? When you, the spirit man, became born again, Peter calls him the hidden man of the heart, inwardly, a new love nature entered, listen, however, because we are still housed in an earth suit made of dirt, there's this other nature that remains called the Adamic nature or the sinful nature. It's there in the, it's in this physical DNA. Well, I'll prove it to you as we go. So for any of us to live a Christ-like, a loved-filled life, we will be required to manage both of them. One uh, uh, from God and one from Adam. Two natures. The loving, self-sacrificing nature and the rebellious, self-serving nature. This is so good. The Adamic nature is where all spiritual and emotional warfare originates. It's where all, all of our greatest struggles originate, our temptations come through, all our flaws and shortcomings are hidden, and through which all our ugliness is expressed. We have an enemy that's lurking close by, but it's not the devil. How many believe with all their hearts that Jesus defeated the devil on the cross? So that when you became born again, his power over you was broken. So if there is a consistency of sin in your life, it's because you've chosen that. It has nothing to do with it controlling you. It will if you allow it to. If you allow it to. Verse 19. Now watch this. When you, you who are born again, born of love, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, watch this, the results are very clear. Look at the first three, sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures. Again, it's just simply the fact, it's true that when we were kids, if you wanted to if you wanted to look at some perverted literature, you had to find it from some old pervert. But today it's on your phone. And so there had the, you have to set some boundaries in your life. You don't have to, but if you want to live a god life, you got to set some boundaries. And they're not boundaries that bound you. It's boundaries that set you free. Hallelujah. Let's go on continues idolatry what is idolatry it's and sometimes we think we don't well I just I mean again I'm not being critical I'm just trying to help you if if you just completely refuse to tithe then you have a problem with idolatry regarding money because you're trusting in your money more than in the provision God has promised in his word I'm just saying that you have to correct that. Idolatry is you taking pleasure in more things above God, your commitment to God and His Word. And it's such a slippery slope. And I've said this through the year. Bruce said it to me. He goes, Pastor, when I'm out selling, he said, if I miss a Wednesday's night service, I feel that. I feel like I've missed something. And it has nothing to do with you having a beer to fulfill my security. It has everything to you being here so you can get what you need from God for whatever comes next day. It's impossible. Can you imagine going to college? And you commit to that college one hour, an hour and a half, 90 minutes. You commit 90 minutes a week. No, no, not even. they said that the, average Christ, the, Christ, the average is that when a Christian goes to church twice a month. Now, remember, we, we go to church eight times, right? But twice a month that they are committed, that they are faithful, committed, but going to college for one hour a week, how many years would it take for you to graduate? Oh, right. Right. You'd be 95. <laughs> and not only 95, but you've completely forgotten everything that you've been taught. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm having a good time. Hallelujah idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I've said before, for anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't want to sit and try to split hairs regarding what the word of God says. It didn't say you wouldn't, you wouldn't inherit eternal life. The word kingdom of God in Romans 14, 17 says, the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I thought, isn't that exactly what the world around you is looking for? Acceptance, peace, and joy? Paul had to address every one of these specific behaviors. Why? Because the first century church I was having a great problem with them just as the 21st century church is. Back to Galatians 5, verse 17. Now, this is powerful. This is the Passion Bible. Again, I just love some of these different translations. They're so inspiring. Watch this. When your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit, you hinder him from living free within you. Hi, Noah. Come on up here. I just wanted you to know, God will never call you to build a boat. He's already done that. Um, Okay, let's just simply say you have a desire to go a a, a certain direction in your life. Let's say you want to go down there, uh, down this aisle, and you want to say hi to Stan because you have a word from him. Go ahead and try. No, don't try that much. <laughs> Maybe it's a poor example, but see, the Holy Spirit wants, wants to take you somewhere, but you have bound him up by the compromises in your life. He wants to, but he can't. You've tied him up. I'm telling you, we can't afford to tie up the Holy Ghost uh, uh, anytime, any day, in any hour. Can you you say amen to that? I mean, we need his full uh, devotion and guidance in our lives. Hallelujah. Watch this. And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings. This is so beautiful. Hinder your self-life from dominating you. Come on, everybody say thank you, Lord. I mean, the Holy Spirit literally, he's contending with with um, uh, with that Adamic nature. He's contending with it because he doesn't want it to control you. Amen. So there's this constant wrestling going on. This pulling, pulling one with the other way. Holy Spirit says, no, don't do that, but I'm going to. No, don't. But I want to. No, don't. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the Spirit. Is that powerful? So there is a conflict. How many have ever felt to do something, but inside you felt, no, I shouldn't do that? Raise your hand. Anybody like that? That's how, I mean, literally. That's that this how this whole God is so wanting to be involved in every aspect of your life. So that no matter what, you never find yourself at the wrong place at the wrong time never watch this but when you yield to the life of the spirit you no longer be, you'll no longer be living under the law what law the law of sin and death Amen. but soaring above it Paul confirmed this truth and we want to get into this and we will when's night, we're going to get into Romans 8 we'll tie this all together but here, I'll just read this first two verses there is therefore now no condemnation that word condemnation means sentence of adversity there's no sentence of adversity my, I got enough adversity in my life. I don't want to help it right. and get more. Right. There is no condemnation or sentence of adversity in them which are in Christ Jesus. Watch this. Who walk not after the flesh or his carnal worldly nature, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what law? The law of love, hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Now, we'll really tear this apart Wins and really help really, It really helped you. It changed my life. Amen. Back to Galatians 5. But the Holy Spirit, watch this. Now we know what the nature of the flesh produces, corruption and death. But here's what the Holy Spirit produces. This kind of fruit in our lives, love, which is agape, the highest form of love, what your DNA is made of, okay? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. In other words, when you're exercising these nine characteristics or attributes of God on a daily basis, especially beginning with the royal law of love found in James 2.8, that's when the world around us will be able to, listen, become what they behold. They'll be able to become, honestly, do you believe God still loves the world? Amen. Come on, do you believe that? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Then why aren't we telling them? Why well, aren't we telling the guy that uses the f word constantly? I mean, they say it today. I mean, they, uh, just constantly, and it's just whatever. I mean, other words too, but it just grieves my heart. But on the other hand, you've been sent into that environment. I, I, I'm not talking about you don't go into that, environment, but if you're sent into it, regards to your job or something, you're there for a reason. Amen. I ask them, how come you use that word all the time? Right. Oh, I didn't even, I didn't even realize they did. They don't. But you say, did you know it grieves the heart of your heavenly father? Wow. I'll keep going. Praise the Lord. That wasn't too bad, was it? Not too hard. Amen. Those who belong to Christ, this is verse 24. I got to wind this up. Those who belong to Christ, how many belong to Christ? I, I do. Have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and have crucified them there. See, you have to understand, though you have this Adamic nature that you are clothed with because of Adam's transgression, you have a greater power multiplied by thousands on the inside of you to keep you from yielding to that nature. Isn't that good? Amen. That's, what, that's what that means in 1 John what is it, uh, five, 5, 4, I think, or no, it's not, it's 4, 4. It says, Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. Amen. Amen. And who is living on the inside of you? Thank you. Say, say, I tell you, say the Holy Ghost. The Holy Amen. God. He's He's living on the inside of you, wanting to get your attention every moment of every day. Amen. That's right. well, so okay, here it is, verse sixteen. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful. Uh, nature craves. Or you could simply say it this way. Let love guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let joy guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Let peace guide your lives. Um, Amen. Uh, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Hallelujah. See, that's why I told you by trying to teach you through the urge. Uh, through, I've been teaching you through the years what God taught me when I first got saved. Not when I first got saved. I got saved in 71. He taught me this in 81. In 81, I had a guy file bankruptcy on me. I told you that. It took, that took me seven years to pay off his debt. Why? Because I co-signed for him, which I shouldn't have, but I did, thinking he'd be faithful. He's was born again, spiritual Christian, but he failed. And I'm driving on the road one day just mauling over this because I'm really, you know, I mean, we just started the church in 1981. We didn't have the money. I was traveling on the road. Some of you don't know, but I, I, remained, I maintained the trucking business from, we started the church in June. I maintained the trucking business until uh, the following December, okay? So just six months, but I was on the road while Vicky was here trying to raise this church up. And, um, and um, I'm mauling this down in my mind and down the road, just really upset about what he did. And God said this to me again, this one of the first times he spoke to me audibly, but it was on the inside. You understand on the inside, but I heard it just like I'm talking to you. He said, you forgive him. When you hear that, you don't even stop to question it. I immediately out of my spirit said, yes, sir, I forgive him. And I, I dropped that. I never, I never brought it up again. And, and God just blessed us, hallelujah, so we we're able to pay that off. But I'm telling you, if you hold things against people, um, you are hindering the Holy Ghost in your life in so many areas, and you cannot afford it. Amen. Can't afford it. So let all these nine fruit of the Spirit guide your lives. James 3. Almost done. You don't mind if I share two more scriptures with you? If you are wise, this is James writing to the church, the half-brother of Jesus. If you are wise, live a life of steady goodness so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about them, then you will be truly wise. <clears throat> and by all means, don't brag about being wise and good if you are bitter and jealous and selfish. That is the worst sort of lie. And that's something he had to address this to the church, but it, it, it is what it is. They dealt with the same adamic nature that you and I are dealing with today. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things, watch this, are earthly, unspiritual, inspired by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy or selfish ambition, there will be disorder and every other kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure and full of quiet gentleness. It is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It allows discussion. I can't get a word in two wo- Edgewise, what they the saying is, I can't get a word in edgewise. You know something, how we can battle in life and actually win the battle but lose the war. And how many marriages have went on the rocks and divorced, causing unbelievable heartache and pain, especially for the children. Because we just simply refuse, as Christians I'm talking about, to stay in love. You have to, yes, you do have an enemy. I'm not so stupid as to un- not know. Peter said, uh, your adversary, the devil, walks about seeking him. We understand that. But he's not your greatest enemy. Your yeah, damning nature is. I've said this years ago. I do. I love my family. I love my... Uh, my, my son-in-law is my daughter-in-law. I love my grandchildren. Uh, of course, so does Vicky. We, we just, they're our joy. They, they, they are our joy. So I've done, tried, tried through the years to understand that my choices in life will have an effect on my family. So I have to do my best to make the right choices. you may even be here today saying, well, I've made a lot of wrong choices, but hey, every day is a new beginning. Every day. Every day is a new beginning. His mercies are new once every month. (laughs) (laughs) Sure glad, glad smart people in our church. Hallelujah. Every morning. And I do, I remind God of that every morning when I wake up. Father, thank you that your mercies are new today that I have right standing with you. Why don't you go ahead and lift a hand, give him praise for that right now. Thank you, Father. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and full of quietness. Then it is peace-loving and courteous. It allows discussion and is willing to yield to others. It's full of mercy and good deeds. It is wholehearted, straightforward, and sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace, watch us and reap a harvest of goodness. Amen. Can I get the musicians up here? We're going to pray this morning. But, oh, <clears throat> now, when I say this, just, just just listen. Wednesday night, I'll be sharing some tremendous insight out of Romans, the eighth chapter, that I believe is really going to help you. I just want you to be the best you can be for the Lord. Amen. 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 We have couples in here this morning that are going to get married, and I think... Isn't that something when you get married, you fall in love, you get married, you're all excited, you can hardly, you know, take it because you're, you know, God gave you a mate. And then through the process of time, just life, just life in general, just life in general, just throws things at you. And you don't know how to understand, you don't understand, you think, you think every problem you have has been created by your spouse. And I'm just, that's what ends up, not, not recognize where it's really coming from. And it's true it's kind of a weak thing example but it's true when you point at somebody you got three fingers pointing back at you so there's nothing nothing that Vicky and I or our staff that haven't faced and gone through than what you go through we have to fight the good fight of faith just like you amen, amen. aren't you glad that Paul didn't tell Timmy they just fight <laughs> He said, fight the good fight of faith. That is especially important when it comes to the home, your family. Setting an ambience of God's peace in the home. And let me say, also say this. It has been growing and learning as we go. I think the greatest, the greatest thing that ever happened regarding the political thing is what's going on now. Because hopefully it drives the church back to its knees and back to God. Because there's no, and I'm just saying, there's no political party that's going to save America. None. Only God. So if you will, and don't, don't listen to the news. It's so, so pathetic. Just listen to God. And when you do, God will guide you, inspire you, strengthen you, bless you. The world holds, the news holds nothing but bad news. The word of God holds nothing but good news. Hallelujah. So that's what you want in your life. See, there's going to be people, hey, there were people when the economic situation collapsed in the, was it 29? collapse? 29, was it? Um, There were people that made millions of dollars. Why not that be us? That no matter what happens economically, you and I are going to increase. Amen. Come on, work with me. I said you and I are going to increase. Amen. 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 I'd love. It. Amen. It's worth. Hallelujah. See, if you don't, if you don't start believing these things, you know what you're going to do. You're going to stop tithing, and you're going to cut off the source of your life, because God is the source of your life. It's just like this, and it really is true. Your perspective. Just like the story of the guy, you know, shoe company sent a guy overseas and he came back broke and, and discussed why? Because no one wears shoes over there. He found another guy, he went over there and just prospered and increased unbelievably. Why? Because there was no shoes over there. That's yeah, <laughs> right. Well, that's amazing. And that's the way it should be for you. Praise the Lord. You can increase and prosper and be favored, hallelujah, promoted at your jobs, bonuses, blessings, hallelujah, because you trusted in God. You trusted in the arm of God, not in the arm of the flesh. Amen. Let's all stand. i want to pray for you today. <clears throat> when you have the time, I'm not going to read it on time. But when you have the time, 1 Corinthians 13 really defines what the love of God is. And uh, it really is sweet. It, all, different translations, they're all good. Uh, but uh, the Passion Bible really, uh, read that when you get home, uh, Google it, the Passion Bible. 1 Corinthians 13, it ta- defines love, God's love, the God kind of love. Amen. But I wanted to pray to uh, just, give me, just, just give me three or four minutes. And I wanted to pray. This is so important. <clears throat> You know, healing comes in all different forms: physical healing, emotional healing, even spiritual healing, um, relational healing, economic healing, whatever area that you, what you're, whatever you're facing today. Lift your hand if you say, Pastor, when I pray, when you pray for me, I'll lift, I'll release my faith for a miracle. Come on. I'll release my faith for a miracle because that's what we want. God is still in the miracle working business, but he's got to find faith. He's got to find faith. Even if it's as small as the grain of a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds. So I'm going to pray with you. Whatever you whatever you need of. My precious wife, love you, sweetheart. She's home. Dealing with some physical issues, and um, so she needs your prayers, and not, she needs your prayers and your compassion. And uh, I've been I've I've been sick before, and well, is so much better. <clears throat> but there's people. Listen, there's people that deal with pain in their bodies every single day of the year. So let's believe God today for a miracle regarding physical healing. So right now, there is a spirit of faith here. If you... Don't everybody raise their hand just because you got a hangnail. But if you got something that really has... You are really believing God for a physical miracle, I want you to lift your hand. Physical miracle. Okay. Keep it up. Now everybody turn around and look at these hands up. Because if you haven't been sick... So one day you may, and therefore you get to release your faith for someone else. So keep your hand up and turn around. Lay your hands on people right now. Lay your hands on people. Lay, why? Because these aren't your hands. These are Jesus' hands. Did you hear me? Your hands are Jesus' hands. So we release our faith. Listen, God's taught me years ago that it's much easier for me to release my faith for somebody sick than when I'm sick myself. So let's pray right now. Father, we just lay hands by faith upon your people. And God, I'm asking you for a miracle today. A miracle of healing that would sweep across this auditorium right now. For God, you said yourself, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So God, we lay hands on our brothers and sisters and we speak life, healing and wholeness into their bodies, into their souls in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now everybody lift your hands and give God praise by faith. 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 I said, give God praise by faith. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, oh, the anointing is here. I said, the anointing is here to break every yoke. The anointing is here. The anointing is here. Now put your hands down. I'm not going to for, ask for a raise of hands. But if you need relational healing today, could be between you and your spouse, could be between you and your siblings. We had a friend of ours. She came to church with the church I got saved in, a little church called Community Bible Church in uh, Montevideo, Minnesota, and her name is Barb, (laughs) Barb Homan, and she, um, her husband was very successful in business, extremely successful, and never wouldn't step into the doors of a church, she prayed, and she was faithful, she was in church every Sunday and Wednesday night, and prayed for his salvation for 25 years. Not only did he get gloriously saved, listen, he got completely on fire for God far more and exceeding her in his walk with God. That's what God can do. I said that's what God can do. Now, I'm not sure about this. I will not, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, you know, stretch the truth, but I believe both of them today are still driving and and living together in their home and they're 95 years old. So let's give God praise for that. Is that awesome? So, I want to pray for relational healing today. In fact, let's all bow our heads and just out of reverence, let's lift our hands towards everyone, towards God, because we're standing in faith for all of our church family. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now and ask you for healing in every relationship in our church, God. Father, by faith, just like you told me, you said, I asked you, sir, you said, I asked you, how do I forgive me? You said, forgive him by faith. And you know, Lord, I did that. So, Father, right now we forgive. We forgive. We forgive our, our mates. We forgive our children. We forgive our church family. We forgive our employer. We forgive our employees. We forgive everyone, God, who's hurt us. God, we just forgive them by faith. Just say it out loud I forgive them by faith. Everybody say, I forgive them by faith. And, Father, I'm asking you for healing right now, healing. In every relationship in our church. And God, thank you that you can do you are the God of the impossible. Everybody thank him for that. Amen. Father, thank you. We give you praise for that. Lord, those that have been full of anxiety and worry and fear regarding what's going on in our nation, Father, we roll the cares of that into your hands in Jesus' name. We declare, like the Shunammite woman in the Old Testament, all is well. All is well. Everybody saying, All is well. All say it again, all is well. And God, all is well because our hope is in you, our faith is in you. We're trusting you, God, with every aspect of our lives. And Lord, I'm asking you for a miracle, a financial miracle this week for your people. Come on, everybody lift your hands and give them praise. Uh, a miracle, a financial miracle for every family in our church this week, God. And I'm trusting you, God, it'll be so glorious that they'll they'll come back and share that good news to the church body, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a good shout of praise. Good Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning service at 9.30, as well as our midweek service on Wednesday nights at 7. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.